What's up, everyone? This is Women of Illustration. Well, I'm not Women of Illustration. My name's Dina, also known as Letter Shop. I know it's confusing, but this is Women of Illustration. Yes, you're in the right place. New episode, and today we're talking about how to self-publish your own book. I know you guys have been wanting to do this, whether or not it's been something like, I don't know, you want to uh, make your own portfolio. I, I, hear, I heard a rumor, don't quote me, but I hear that if you uh, publish a book every year of everything that you made, it's copyrighted. I don't know if that's true or not. Don't quote me, but that's what someone in like, when I went to Full Sail University, it's like a very overpriced trade school. Just kidding, Full Sail, you're amazing. Oh my God, why am I so nervous? Ugh. Anyways, well today we're talking, we're talking to Natalie Bryan, uh, Byrne. Woo. I want to call her Brian, but in her Instagram, it clearly says burn is pronounced burn, like bur like burning books. Yeah. <laughs> why was that my example? <laughs> Probably because we're talking about books. Don't burn them, self-publish them. Oh my God, I'm in such a mood today. I just woke up 30 <laughs> minutes ago and I found out this whole week that I've been drinking decaf. Oh. And I thought I was broken. Like, I, I was like, oh, is it my mental health? Like, do I need to like change my meds? Like, what's going on with me? I feel so sluggish all the time. And then just this morning, my boyfriend's like a fucking angel and he sees how tired I am. And he's like, oh, I'll make you some coffee. He's like, well, which one do you want? And he's like, well, this one's decaf. And I'm like, what? <laughs> It's like, no wonder I haven't been my, like, chipper self. Like, I don't know if anyone follows me on Instagram at Lettershop, but a couple of times I've been recording, like, talking face videos, talking head videos, and you can just tell that I'm just, like, broken on the inside. <laughs> like, I don't want to fucking do this. <laughs> I don't want to market. This week sucks. Uh, and I'm, like, in the middle of moving, so it's just even more on top of more things. But anyways, hey, Natalie, how are you today? <laughs> uh, hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing super good. Uh, now that I'm properly caffeinated and everything I feel like a new woman I feel like my old self it's amazing what drugs can do this is so funny because I never drink coffee and I just happened to choose just before we started recording to have a cup of coffee so we are both super caffeinated together <laughs> this is gonna right, be a good let's, take, let's take a sip of coffee for everyone who's listening and tea drinkers as well you're invited all right so <laughs> I'm gonna tink my glass to the microphone tink tink, tink. and then I'm gonna take a sip Oh yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like one of those people who puts like too much creamer in her coffee. Like I can't drink black coffee. Those of you who can, mm. your balls, your cojones, will are bigger than mine, and that's okay. <laughs> like yeah. I just can't deal. It's I'm like a child. <laughs> black coffee, man, it, it cleans my insides out. Oh yeah, I've already had my morning poop. <laughs> like my mom would always joke. She's like, dude, I don't even have to drink coffee to poop. I just have to smell it. And like my whole <laughs> life, she would do this thing where she would like just sniff this like Mr. Coffee style like coffee maker, just like sniff the entire pot and then like run to the bathroom. And like that's like a vivid <laughs> childhood memory that I have. Oh, that's hilarious! Now <laughs> when I something. smell coffee, I'm gonna think of that story. Right? I think of it for the for the rest of my life. Even when you know she passes away, I will forever <laughs> smell coffee and then immediately have to poop. So, thanks, mom, for that. Love you forever. Uh, maybe I should write a book about it. Anyway, speaking of books, <laughs> that's our topic of today. And it's super relevant to me because this is the first time I'm announcing this ever. Uh, Women of Illustration is going to be making a book. Woo! Uh, 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 we're going to make a book. It's going to feature your art. If your art is cool, you should send us your art. <laughs> that is my song. Um. So our plan, and I, we were originally going to be like, when we hit 100K followers on Instagram, we're going to make a book. We're going to start taking applications to make a book. And then we realized we're growing too quickly. <laughs> we're growing like four to 5,000 followers a week. 
just let that sink in for a second. It's kind of unbelievable. Thank you all so much. Um, and I'm just not ready yet. So I think we're just going to push it a little bit more because I'm also in the middle of moving because I'm starting my own retail location in Michigan. Yeah, you've got a lot going, a little, little transitioning yeah, going shop on. is taking it to the next level. Um, so, yeah, we're going to write a book eventually. So just to give you a little tidbit on that, and then we're going to pick the shit out of Natalie's brain. She already knows this. This is, like, <laughs> old news for her. We already, like, bonded over a previous call, so we're best friends now. Yeah, so totally. this is going to be an amazing episode. We're going to be bouncing off each other, making jokes, making sound effects. It's going to be sick. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm down. Right? It's going to be so fun. Okay, so book. Each artist is going to get four pages, so two spreads, and we're going to have feature the top 100 artists that submit their artwork. So that's going to be about 420 pages. Yes, I chose 420 pages very <laughs> specifically. Stone. Why did you choose um, 420 pages? <laughs> I, thought, I was like, well, 400 pages will be other um, artists' work, and then 20 pages will be written by me, and they'll include like several editorials. Uh, in education, helping other artists get paid and, and get featured. Um, it's going to be crazy. Like the, these four pages is going to contain so much artwork. Like the first two, uh, first uh, spread is going to pretty much be like your Instagram feed and you're going to feature 12 of your images plus your beautiful face in the center. Uh, and then we're going to have, get all your contact information because we don't just want like a pretty coffee table book. The whole point of women of illustration, the whole point of this book is to get you hired. So we're going to be every book that's sold. So 10% of like, let's say we print a thousand books. So a hundred books. Yeah, that's 10%. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to be donating to schools, uh, publishers, uh, agencies, pretty much anywhere that is a place that often needs to hire talent, especially in the illustration industry, because I feel like we're getting overlooked a little bit and I want to make, I want to combat that and just, you know, show some badass female talent so you guys, I want you to tell me your rates, I, whether it's, you know, hourly, daily rate, uh, a range, whatever you feel the most comfortable with. I want to learn where you are. I want a biography to learn more about you. And every single artist that's featured in the book is going to have their own little editorial that's going to be sharing one struggle that you overcame, whether it's like social media disorder, which I'm just going to claim that as a disorder, <laughs> or like building out your website, getting your first clients, or just feeling like you're good enough. And I think this is going to help artists and the people who want to employ them everywhere just get a better look at what it's like to be an illustrator, what it takes, and just a little bit more confidence that you can do it. Because every time I do like a like a poll or something, confidence always comes up. Yeah. Like, I don't know, Natalie, like you're kind of a big deal on Instagram. You have 14,000 followers. Do you, is that like a theme that you've heard from other artists as well? Like they're just having oh, such a yeah. hard time like showcasing their work? Oh, yeah, I think confidence is a, is a big thing because, um, like, especially if you are working alone and you're creative, you you tend to be your biggest critic and confidence was definitely my biggest struggle. Um, I think it's tough because it can really, like, keep you stuck, it can, can really stop you from going up to someone and talking to them and also stop you from showing your work whether that be like online or like in real life. Mm -hmm. It's a huge struggle for me because I'm quite a shy person. But um, <laughs> Instagram was actually the place where I was like, okay, I can't network in a room full of people, but at least I can do this thing, even though it's still kind of scary. <laughs> it didn't feel as scary as walking up to someone and like being, you know, holding a business card and introducing myself. Um, totally. 
And so and many feel... introverts have found like a safe haven on on online, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, like outgoing artist people freak me out. Oh, like yeah. honestly, and I'm not an extrovert. Thanks for asking. It's just but... <laughs> when you're in the security of your full wall, four walls of your studio, like you can do anything. Like I'm just talking to a microphone. You don't know that I'm picking my nose right now. <laughs> You don't know. Oh, man. I actually, like, did it. And I'm like, there's some things in there. I'm going to clean that out later. Um, like, you know what I mean? So you can, like, totally be yourself. It doesn't even matter. But, you know, take me out of this comfort zone so I go to, like, a networking event. Or when I'm the actual speaker at an event, that fucking shit throws me for a loop. I have a hard time, it's like, so talking hard. to people. Yeah, it's so tough. And yet you're, like, when you get put in that situation, it's almost like, I think I need some training for this, like, before I get handed a microphone. <laughs> You can't just like this shouldn't be allowed, but it yeah it's it's tough. But it's I think for me my confidence grew on Instagram once I like knew that my work worked, or well, with mm-hmm. like feedback. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. Like I was having, like I said, I was like kind of depressed this week, not knowing it was because of coffee. <laughs> on top of my stress and I'm only getting a couple hours of sleep because I'm so stressed with moving and you know figuring out how to make enough money to like make this retail shop like an actual thing that's going to happen mm. um and I just felt so much better <laughs> and I know this sounds ridiculous but like just reading like comments that people leave on Instagram every day I get like at least you know five to ten messages just like bricks of text like oh I just discovered you today whether it's from a movement illustration or it's for my personal account letter shop and it just, it seriously, like, just makes my life just light up with such fucking sunshine and unicorn rainbows. Like, it's just, Aww. it really makes such a huge difference. Um, so I think, like, you know, as a community, instead of us using, like, like looking at other people's work and feeling intimidated, I really wish that we could kind of support each other a bit more, especially us ladies, um, where, I don't know, I take a, I, I literally take like 20 minutes every single day to leave random compliments on people's pages. Oh, I do that too. Oh, you do? Yeah. Kindred mm, spirits. And usually um, if they're like a, a student or really young, then you can kind of, I, I make more of an effort to like reach out to them and, um, slide into the DMs and stuff. Cause that's happened to me. So like, so like the, the few people I really admire who like, said when I was just starting out like you're doing a great job like keep going honestly I still think about it now and I'm like like Francis Cannon said it to me like early on and I was mm-hmm. like oh, cling on to that and um it means so much so I try and do that as well oh, I um, love Francis Cannon everything she makes is gold I know <laughs> she's a babe she is a no she is a fucking babe uh yeah. I was talking to her I think it was in DMs or something and she gets so bummed she's like why did all my pictures of me in my underwear get more likes than my illustrations I'm like well you're be- you're beautiful <laughs> like Aww. I mean like I like your art is amazing and it's it's so simple but it like it's mm. so meaningful which I really appreciate and I constantly preach that to other other illustrators all the time like it's all about the meaning yeah. not so much the education the, the, I was, saying, I was trying to say execution and education <laughs> in the same word. But yeah, so it's much more important that that shit is relatable for someone, especially in the world of social media. Mm. Um, and just, we're going to get to self-publishing a book eventually. But uh, just this week I, I created, so I have this Dear Artist series where it's just like Dear Artist and it has like a piece of advice. Um, you know what? I'll just fucking find it. Fucking <laughs> like, find it. Let me just fucking find it. I have a fucking computer. I'm gonna come off this. <laughs> I'm gonna come off this interview with like a twang in my 
in my accent, I know I'm such a sponge to people's accents. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm the same way. Anyone who has an accent. Like, if I watched, oh, I don't know, like, anything that's, like, British, like, especially if you're, like, you know, like, a British fucking TV show that has, like, 18 seasons. Yeah, I'm gonna have a British accent in, like, two days. That's gonna happen. <laughs> and um, I'll have your, yours. I'll just cool, say, I'm like, oh do gosh. I have a twang? Because you're like, I'm like, do I have a twang? I don't know, like, American accent, I guess. Um, so yeah, so I did this Dear Artist series post on Women of Illustration. It did insanely well. It's almost at 10,000 likes, which is a little intense, Amazing. but I got a lot of hate on it. I got a lot of hate. Um, so it says, Dear Artist, stop trying to find your style, quote unquote, and instead focus on finding your voice. Ask yourself, how will your art be relatable? How will it make people feel when they see it? Share your struggles, express your passions, and draw the things you wish existed. Don't just make something because it's pretty and expect it to go viral. Make me stop in my tracks because I see myself in your work or the version of myself that I want to become. And for the most part, people really dug that. But like, what's your first impression when you hear something like that? I'm curious, Natalie. I shared that. Like, I needed to hear that that day. I shared it on my story. And I think I commented something like, I feel this deeply with like three hearts. <laughs> like, it was just, that is the, the, the stuff that like, I tell students with like a, oh, I bet your tutors will not like me saying this. But reality is, is that if your work looks amazing, but says nothing, it's, I, I much rather look at something or like your work is going to be way more meaningful if it looks quote unquote ugly or uses <laughs> comic sans or whatever and actually does something like is impactful to the world whether that's changing legislation or changing how someone feels about their own body and it look like like quote bad then mm. it look absolutely beautiful and just what sit there I think I don't know I, I'm I have a graphic design background so for me everything has has um it has a meaning like you can you, something can be beautiful, but if you're not saying anything, mm -hmm. you're saying nothing. That's so true. Because coming from a graphic design background, you make things for very specific reasons. Yeah. Uh, regardless, cause you're not drawing anything. You're just taking things that have already existed and you're putting them together. But it's always for a goal. Like, you could never, like, especially because it's commercial, mm. you can never just, like, you know, turn it into your art director and, like, oh, this one's prettier. They will fire you. Like, you can't say that shit. Like, this just looks better. Like, no, that's not a good reason. Like, because there's better contrast because it's easier to read because it that color yeah. uh, better attracts that target demographic. So I think, like, taking those same ideals and putting them into the art industry is very weird for people who are fine artists and have that background. Because yeah. to them, it's all about the pretty, you know? Yeah. And I think when I posted that, like, when I posted on Luttershop, everyone was like, woohoo! And then Women of Illustration, within, like, two minutes, like, ten, two-paragraph, huge bricks of fucking comments. Like, Whoa. how dare you? Like, <laughs> pr like you preachy bitch. Just like, oh, my God, what? Like, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, oh, no. <laughs> like, just like, Aww. I'm sorry. Like, I just try to help you. Um, but then you could also, I, the thing is, it's almost like if you're, all your decisions, because if your decisions are made with meaning behind them, like what colors you're using and everything like that you could also argue that like making something beautiful has a meaning whether that's like to make someone like feel good yeah but does that make sense so i i don't know i think i think that that rattles people up because they i don't know i, I don't know for me i personally i think that there's 
bigger things at play than just like I mean I don't have a fine artist background but I never was mm -hmm. really the person that was like I guess that traditional art and fine art really was for me because I don't come from a lot of money so mm -hmm. I don't know I think it's it's a definitely there's complexities to it um, yeah. but I really loved what you posted and I needed to hear it that day <laughs> so much well I appreciate that because it, it's like I, I always try to think of like women of illustration isn't for fine artists it's specifically illustration mm. wouldn't it and when I say by that it's commercial illustration like these artists are trying to either sell products with their art or they're trying to get hired for their art if you mm. just want to get put up in a gallery or something I have no experience in that I have no idea how to do that yeah. so it's like I'm only talking from my very unique perspective, which I'm assuming is the perspective of my audience, and maybe that's something I shouldn't assume. Uh, but that was the intended audience for Women of Illustration. So it was just, I really like it, though, when people, like, I don't know, tr not because they weren't trolling. Everyone was pretty nice. Um, Debate. But when I get different opinions, because mm. I'm like, oh, I didn't think about it like that. Like, oh, that's so interesting. I never know what to say back, because I feel like you're just going to yell at me more. But I appreciate <laughs> your comments. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to handle criticism. It's like, mm, interesting point of view. Thank you for your comment. <laughs> exactly. And, like, I deleted a few just because they were kind of getting, like, a little violent and a little mean. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I have to Because for the most part, I don't like to delete anything. I like to, even if someone says something kind of horrific, I'll keep it just so other people see it and they want to, like, respond. Right. Because that's the whole point of, like, a thread of comments. Um, yeah. Especially when you have, like, a larger audience. But anyways, I just wanted to share, to talk about that. Because I think it's so important just to really focus on the meaning behind your message. And it's such an easy thing to do, even if you do abstract art it's the colors that you choose and how those colors make someone feel. Even if you do photography, it's all about like making me want to feel like I want to be there in that photo or the facial expression you use to capture the model. Like it all matters. Yeah. And, so, and everyone has a me. I feel like everyone has a meaning. Sometimes like a lot of the stuff I do is just so me that I don't really think about. I'm not thinking about it, but if you take a step back, you can really like piece together the puzzle like for me like oh maybe this is because of like the sexism my face does like a little girl but like in the moment when I'm making stuff I'm not thinking about all of that it just kind of comes out mm -hmm. um yeah and I love your work because I don't know if you guys know who uh the big deal that Natalie Byrne is but she has <laughs> like a really simplistic style it's usually like like two colors uh like like doodles yeah. into just comics and then she'll do like little thought bubbles or lettering just in her own handwriting and it's really impactful and I love that that kind of style of art because it's like you don't need to like draw a super realistic face to be considered like a quote-unquote artist mm -hmm. and you can have any style that you want and, it, it, and you don't need very much to convey a lot Mm. Um, which I really appreciate your your work. And anytime I post your work, it does amazing on Women of Illustration. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Like, like there's this piece uh, which that's it has like a past me and present me, and they're like shaking each other. He goes, "You are stronger than you think. Don't you know? <laughs> like, if you could go back in time and like yell at your high school version of yourself, like, don't you know how fucking beautiful you are? You bitch. <laughs> You're not fat. Like, <laughs> that's it." That's gotten so, so many reposts, like, yeah. It hits you. It really does. Um, and that's what I love and appreciate about your work because it's. I feel like it's it's skillfully done. Don't get me wrong, of course. Oh, but that meaning gets me first. And if you're trying to attract everyday consumers, 
that don't give a fuck how skilled you are, that are impressed by a fucking stick figure, like, of course they're going to relate to it because it's all meaning. So, like, when I shared that post, it was more not to, like, put pressure on artists, but just trying to, like, align their values a bit better because you don't have to make everything so perfect for it to do well on social media. That's not the point. Yeah. You don't have to add those 20 fucking layers of shading. You don't have to keep cropping it and changing the colors because you're so freaked out, <laughs> like, because you can't make a decision. Like, I always say, like, get things to 90% and ship them off. That's what I do. That's what I do. Yes. I do yes. the mistakes all the time. I'm just like, I've just to. fucking post it already, Natalie. Like, come on. Yeah, I'm so glad that you have, yeah, I'm high-fiving you so hard in my brain right now. Um, you have to, because, like, we have such a huge complex. Like, artists were, like, these emotional ragamuffins. Like, just totally, like, wearing our emotions on our sleeves for the most part. We're usually pretty sensitive, usually introverted. Mm. A little broken. I don't know. I feel like the more tragedy that happens in your life, the better artist you are. Like, it's like, oh, your whole family died in a horrible massacre? Wow, you must be really talented. <laughs> where, where is Harry Potter's art? Like, we need I to know, see right? It. Like, <laughs> where's his emo phase? <laughs> I know, I need it. I need it. Um, not to say that you can't be have, like, a happy childhood and still be creative. That's not what I meant. Don't you fucking leave comments. I don't want to read them. Um, but yeah, so it just, it's not all about being perfect. It's just about, like, does it make you feel something? And you don't have to do a lot to make someone feel something. Because mm-hmm. we're all people. And if it's relatable to you, it's probably relatable to a whole bunch of other people, too. Yeah. (sighs) All right. Now we're going to talk about books. Books, (laughs) I have, like, so many questions for you. Okay. We're going to do, like, some quick spitfire questions so we can get to the good part, okay? I am ready. All right, Natalie. My (laughs) baby girl, Natty B. All right. I'm ready. How would you describe your style of illustration and what you do for a living? Simple, colorful, feminist. Boom. Love it. All right. What are all the ways that you make money from your art right now? I have a shop. I feel like I'm, I'm so under pressure. I have a shop. I uh, do client work. I have book royalties. I do couples portraits. Uh, what else do I do? Oh my goodness. Everything I do is so different. Um, so, but yeah, I think, I guess client work just covers like all the brand stuff. Company yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. No, like all artists out there, you need to diversify your income. If I ask you how you make a living and you only say two things, you're not doing enough things. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh I also uh, I oh, do yes. public speaking and oh, yes. I do writing as well. Like writing for what? Like uh, like editorial stuff. So I yeah, I'd love to get more into that. But I oh my have... God, do you want to write for women of illustration? I would love. Too. <laughs> I can't pay you, but I'd appreciate it. No, that would be amazing. I'm I don't definitely have any trying money, to like build, but, um, up, build that like, skill. Uh, that'd be fucking fun because we do want to start writing more. Um, <gasps> yes. For, so that way it's not just all about the podcast. Uh, I would really appreciate it. And hey, anybody else out there, if you're a writer, if you enjoy writing, if illustration is something you're passionate about, hopefully it is because you're listening to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, send me an email at dina at womenofillustration.com. If you have something that I don't know, you want to promote something. Maybe you have a store launch. Maybe it's you just learned something new about uh, fucking Photoshop or whatever the hell it is. Send the samples or pitch it to me via email and I'll totally publish it and give you a, give you some love both on Instagram and on the website. I would totally love to do that. Um, brilliant. All right. So you you uh, you self-published a book recently or kind of recently. What, what Like the, the period book. When did you make that? So that came out in November 1st. Um, I... This year? Yeah, I worked with oh, okay. an independent publisher called Break the Habit. 
um and yeah it was it was wild <laughs> um well, lots of working on my own and then when it got released i freaked out because i was like wow people are actually going to read this and i forgot about <laughs> that part <laughs> um and yeah it's it like i got some mainstream press on like the bbc here in the uk and the huffington post and lots of other amazing people. I know just... what both those things are. <laughs> <laughs> it was wild. Um, I was on like the radio and like yeah, on the BBC, and it was uh, yeah. I got like we had. Um, I think like the we 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 went past the average amount that a first-time author nonfiction sells. Um, nice. Really quickly, like we sold out in like, before Christmas. <laughs> nice. How many copies do you know? That was a thousand. Okay, great. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah. A thousand. Like I would love to sell a thousand women of illustration books. That was crazy. <laughs> I mean, people were buying like like ten. Like people in like Brazil. Oh, that's awesome. Like I'm gonna buy this for every woman who has a period. Yeah, right that, was that was it. That was it. It was. It was it was all international, like it was all over the place. Um, it was honestly, I never expected that. I actually expected quite a lot of like negative feedback because the book is inclusive and you know it's about periods, so it's very like we show the blood and stuff. Um, yeah, well, it'd be so, kind of hard not to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was expecting quite like a a pushback, but no, I had like an incredible reaction. And people in media were so supportive and sweet. And yeah, it was quite, I was unexpected the success that it, it did get. Um, yeah. And for people who are like, okay, she wrote a book about periods. I'm going to read you what she wrote on her website describing what this book is about. Are you guys ready? Are you yeah, ready? I'm going to try to use my radio voice. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Period is a book for everyone, children and adults, moms and dads, womb owners and ex-womb owners, overflowing with practical tips and advice from what a period actually is to who does and who doesn't have them. This inclusive book is a myth-busting must-read. There is no beating around the bush in this funny and informative book written and illustrated by Natalie Byrne. Natalie is a London-based Latina illustrator who uses her colorful work to promote intersectional feminism and tackle social issues such as sexual assault and mental health. Quote, unquote. <laughs> Natalie says, I've decided to use my skills as a creative to fight against period stigma and menstrual shame and make the book we all wished we had as young people. 10% of net profits of each book sold will be donated to Bloody Good Period an organization providing menstrual supplies to asylum seekers, refugees, and those who can't afford them. The book will be launched. Oh, it's already launched. <laughs> fuck, fuck that last we need paragraph. To you, need update to, you need to update that paragraph, girl. <laughs> oh, we'll get on that. That's like my serious white girl voice. <laughs> that was so good. That was really good. I was like, hello. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. Just reading that first paragraph, I was like, I'd read this book. <laughs> like, that seems cool. I'm sure it's, like, fucking illustrated to the max, right? Yeah. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's like, a, it's just all one color. So just very simple red and white background. Red, good colors. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it was amazing. Thanks for reading that. Yeah. <laughs> I had a big smile like, on my face. 
Well, because I'm like, I don't know, like, how do we describe what's in this book? I'm like, oh, if only had someone had written a paragraph to tell me what it's about. So in terms of publicity, it was pretty successful. In terms of money, was it successful as well? Like the thousand copies, did you get a good royalty rate on that? Yeah, so I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but I'm assuming I am allowed to say. I got, like, quite a higher royalty than what I, what apparently, like, bigger publishers um, get. And I know that for a fact because I do have a friend that's had a... A publishing deal but because um it was independent we were like okay that we need to figure out how to like get me have an advance and also help the cost of this book because with independent publishing and then you know it some books can be like crowdfunded and stuff but we thought that we already had a relationship with a couple of independent uh period product companies so um i reached out to a tampon company a pad company, a menstrual cup company, and a period pants, and so they were all ethical, um, sustainable, um, all women-run independent period product companies, and asked them if they would, uh, for a, a page of advertisement in the book, if mm. um, they would cover the cost of, help cover the cost of the book, and also pay me um, a little bit of money up front. That's so brilliant it's brilliant oh isn't my it? god you're so fucking whose idea was that was that your idea was that the publisher's idea i think i don't want to take credit for it <laughs> no i won't publisher's like she it. didn't even mention me in her podcast interview <laughs> i think we were both just like um i think it must i think it might have just come out in a discussion like back and forth mm-hmm. um but they did my publishers did all like their their hard work with sorting all of that out um, but I did already have a relationship with a couple of them because I had been at like different period activist events. Um, and I'm super passionate about sustainable, biodegradable um, period products that aren't Whoa. organic, like that are organic, <laughs> that don't use nasty chemicals. So, um, All right. so what's your favorite period product? I mean, I use a cup. I've always wanted to try the cup, but I'm mm. like scared of it. So I have like a really heavy period. <laughs> so I was really scared. I think every woman has a like people who have like bitch periods. Like I feel like you're not a real person, or you're you need to eat more. Like, I know. A... <laughs> <laughs> One of my publishers has like she's on the coil, so she now just free bleeds because her periods are so light. What is the coil? What is that? It's like mm-hmm. a contraceptive where they put. I don't know if it's the same called the same thing in America, but it's this like little metal thing that they put inside, and it's a stops you from getting pregnant oh and it's like okay, so permanently it's put in there I for see. a few years i'm thinking like it's a spring and i'm like well where does the blood go like, yeah so spring... it is it, like... it is like it looks like a spring and they put it up there and it stops like this hormone so it basically acts like oh your okay. body is pregnant all the time rather than i see i see i oh, see I'm confused okay by na- an now but yeah, I see what you mean. I know what you mean. I, I was thinking like this was like a tampon. I'm like, but springs no. have holes in them. <laughs> no, like, you have to I don't like, understand. Okay, yeah, I get it now. It's, okay. They have to, I think, make you unconscious to put it in. Ugh, I've heard like horrible. Okay, we're talking about a book about periods. If we have male listeners, they're not listening to this episode. Let's be honest. <laughs> and okay? if they are, they'll learn something. They'll learn something about how horrible, like the lengths women go through. Yes. Like I hear like horror stories when they get, I, I don't know what it's called, but it's like the T-shaped birth control thing. Oh, the IUD. IUD, thank you. IUD is just, it reminds me of, like, bombs. Um, so, like, I, I always forget <laughs> the name. It just sounds like a bomb. Um, yeah. 
It's like a bomb in your vagina. That's not good. <laughs> um, so like just horror stories of when they need to be replaced and taken out. Yeah. And like my friend, like I had one friend who's had a baby and she said it was more painful than having a baby. I'm like, <gasps> what? Sorry, that's what that's I'm like, I'm pretty sure. I'm like, did you have a lot of drugs? Like, is that why? Like you just were like, we uh... epidural. Is that why? She's like, nope. I had it in my living room. I'm like, okay. Oh, I'm like, that scares me. No, thanks. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to try the cups. I've actually, through like Amy Schumer's recent fucking comedy bit on oh, Netflix, no she talks brain. about. Yeah, she, pl- she, she talks like about them. these panties. Yeah, she talks yes. about like these, like you just bleed into like diaper panties and you just throw them away, which I think is a, the most genius idea ever because I half of my underwear has like three month old period stains that have been washed. Okay, I don't just like mm. keep them in a drawer. No, I, I have the same. Talking about. Yeah. So I'm like, that's so smart. Just to wear, like, like, underwear that just absorbs the period blood without having to wear, like, a, a pad or, like, it feels like a diaper or something. Yeah, period I, I think about are it. amazing. Yeah. So isn't that great? Like, that's the one thing I remember from Amy Schumer's bit. Just <laughs> her talking about these amazing panties that can absorb all my period blood. I'm like, cool. <laughs> so now it's like, Amy Schumer, period blood. This weird <laughs> connection that I have with her now. Oh, I have to um, watch this. Uh, show then i've heard that she talks about the menstrual cup but wasn't she didn't enjoy the experience <laughs> yeah she didn't like it it's it i don't know amy schumer she has her ups and downs just like any performer like not everyone's gonna be sick all the fucking time like oh wow you're just killing it for the rest of your life so there's ups and downs definitely in the, the latest bit but i did enjoy that tidbit for sure um okay so you made a decent amount of money you got some fucking publicity on this book all right so like how did like let's rewind so like how did you come up with a topic for this book like what what's a good way to start it for everyone out there who thinks they have a good idea for a book and they don't know what the first step is so i was okay so i was interning working in retail and i actually started illustrating as like a creative outlet when the whole like brexit and trump thing was starting to happen i was so I like went into this really dark depression and Instagram became a way that I just started drawing how I felt and I studied graphic design but I never really drew seriously at all um and so after I had graduated I was interning and Instagram was like this creative outlet for me and um then I was doing these various different challenges on Instagram, like Inktober and stuff, and I would set my own as well. And I did one where I made a list of all the things that scared me to talk about. And one of them was my period. And I did this illustration of um, like two legs with like blood on the floor. Um, it's quite mm-hmm. cute. It sounds cuter than I'm actually making it sound. <laughs> well, you um, have a pretty cute illustration style, so <laughs> I believe you when you say it's cute, yeah. And um, yeah, I was so, so terrified to post it, but the feedback was um, so wonderful. I had people that I went to school with, people that I had gone to nursery with, like reach out to me and say, thank you so much for talking about your terrible, uh, like experience having your period. Like it really, like I also had the same thing. And so that was when, when I had got this overwhelming amount of response, I kind of, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Um, and then quickly after that, the charity Bloody Good Period, who I also helped with their sales of the book for, they uh, reached out to me and they found it and they had only just set up. So Gabby Edlin set up this charity because she was helping um, pe- like refugees um, and 
they in the in the kind of charities that she was working with she asked them if they have peer products and they were like well we only have them for emergencies and she was like when when is it not an emergency um so she set up this charity and it was still quite early days for her with this charity um i think they had like 200 followers they were going for a couple of months and she saw that i posted this image because i hashtagged it like period and and she was like can we share this and then i found this charity and and found her and she really opened my eyes up to all of the problems that were surrounding about like periods in terms of mm -hmm. the lack of education that we were getting period poverty here in the uk one in ten girls can't afford period products which means that they you know miss school a lot and then obviously like the homeless and people who were refugees as well like all of these huge issues that uh, were surrounding period um periods and um i started to make illustrations for them because I wanted to be involved in activism but I didn't really know how and I was interning working in retail like not really having much downtime and using my illustrations for this charity and other charities like the Red Box Project here in the UK or another charity um, to help elevate what they were doing um, was a way that I felt like I could be part of activism and then I went to this protest called the Free Periods Protest in the UK where this uh, schoolgirl Amika George organised this protest to basically ask the government to try and tackle the fact that so many of these children are missing school with um, this very like easily solved problem which is like pads or tampons you know it's in terms of how fixing solutions go this was a very easy one to solve and so I went to that protest and it was incredible there were so many young kids there so many creative like posters and um, it was a big deal for me because I have generalized anxiety disorder and it was really bad then and um, I actually had to bring my mum because I was so nervous about going to a protest but with all the stuff that was happening with politics um, I said to myself I would uh, go to the next protest because I missed the uh, Women's Day March because of my anxiety. I was just so nervous about it. And it's so, a really big protest too. So yeah, it's like, it's like oh, wow, you're gonna, like your first protest ever going to be the Women's March. Like that's a pretty, that's a big one. Yeah, um, I, I just intimidating for anybody. I think. Yeah, and I sat at home just like I can't let my anxiety like let me get in the way of what I wanted to do, which was to be there. Um, and so I went to this protest and then someone on the podium had said, I mean, I'm really short, so I couldn't see who it was, <laughs> but someone had said there isn't enough education or even tools for education to talk about periods. And I just went home that night and um, couldn't get out of my head. And I went to the pub for like two weeks and complained about it. I was like, someone needs to make... A book about periods and I went into um, I went into my local library and I asked and they said like we me and the librarian looked together couldn't find anything there was like growing up books about puberty but we turned like this tiny little section of the page was about periods and then we turned the page and it was like double page spread on wet dreams <laughs> um, wet dreams are just more important and more predominant <laughs> than I guess periods yeah that affect half the population like all right yeah <laughs> And it was like, oh, a period is a thing. And I'm like, oh, 
there's more to it than that. <laughs> um, and so yeah, it was it, for about a few weeks. I couldn't get it out of my head and would complain about it a lot. And then just at home one night, went to go to sleep and just couldn't. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, and just was like, oh my goodness, I'm, am I just going to have to like wait for someone to make this thing? And if they do do it, are they going to do it the way that I want to do it? Mm -hmm. um, so I said I would make a zine. <laughs> um, and I would try. And I started working on it around my jobs, waking up at like five in the morning and just reading everything I could because who I, I'm not a gynecologist I'm not a doctor I don't know anything <laughs> you're not <laughs> well secretly as Dr. Byrne <laughs> no I'm not I'm not a doctor um and uh yeah I just in my head I I thought approach it as a zine approach it as a really small project and then I had mentioned it to my mum my mum had some colleagues who also have little ones and started getting orders in like <laughs> quite quickly I hadn't even started drawing mm. and that's when I it kind of kept me going and then I got asked to be part of an exhibition for Break the Habits first book A Hundred Women I Know which is all about consent and uh, made some work to be in this gallery for it met these incredible publishers which are two women who um, are just incredible and um, similar age to me and just so like energetic and powerful and wanna because they basically made their company because they worked in publishing and they saw so many books that needed to be made but weren't getting made so mm. um yeah they make they publish um feminist non-fiction um so they were like what are you working on I, we went for lunch and um they asked what i was working on and i was like i'm working on a zine and then just immediately their eyes like lit up and they were Fuck, like we're yeah. doing that's, this together yep. mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah that's pretty sweet okay so i'm just gonna recap a little bit what you said because by the way that was an incredibly fascinating story i'm like living vicariously through you right now with all your <laughs> feminist vibes i uh, like I love you. Are Aww. we best friends? Can we best? I say yes. this like every episode. Can we be best friends? Can we be best friends? Can't... It doesn't mean we have to live in the same country to be best friends, right? Um, <laughs> I'm up for uh, it. Let's be okay, best friends. Okay, so you had an idea for a book. You first did what's, you know, it's research, you know, target mm. research. And you found out that no one has created this thing before. And even though you wanted this book to exist, you were willing to make it yourself because, like you said, they wouldn't have made it the way I would have made it. Yeah. And I think that's the beginning of any good idea. You feel that there's a gap in the market or you feel that, you know, a certain topic that's already been discussed a thousand times hasn't been discussed the way that you would have discussed it, wouldn't it be presented the way that you would have presented it. And I do think illustrators who are also writers, like, pff, good luck, <laughs> like good luck catching up to your talent. Cause like, you're so fucking talented. Like you could illustrate your own book. You can write your own book. And, you know, that publisher doesn't have to pay an artist to, you know, add, you know, like the basic illustrations, like the cover and the back cover and the spine. And I don't know, some people like to have illustrations in the beginning of each chapter and all that stuff. Like that, that's a lot of money. Mm. So it's like, as if you're like a double hitter, <laughs> See, you I didn't both those things. Like, I didn't intend for it to be that way. I actually wrote it with the intention of my publishers asking them if, if we could find someone to basically oh, really? go off my bullet points and then I gave them because when I met them I had about 6,000 words 
they were like, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> and because it's for children I guess mm -hmm. I just I have dyslexia so I always was very insecure about my writing um and so yeah and then I remember someone saying like Google, maybe in a couple of googling I found that uh definitely try and write if you're an artist because it might help you mm -hmm. for sure well because like a lot of artists like like they have the skill but they don't have the marketing and marketing is usually all talking and writing hmm it's like how you talk about yourself, whether it's the written word or you're talking at like a conference or something like that. It all, it's just communication. Can yeah. you communicate effectively your ideals, your values, like to a group of people, whether it's in a computer and you're typing or it's like a room, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that we all could work on it. And I think writing is such a powerful tool because we can self-edit, like we can take as long as we want. We don't have to be this like perfectly sarcastic, brilliant <laughs> Yeah. person that just says magical phrases just out of their fucking pie holes like i don't know how you guys do that like the only time i say something smart is either by horrible accident or because i've been i've answered that question like a thousand times so i have like my like yeah. i have like all these like t-shirt phrases yeah i just spit out <laughs> Copy and paste. Just, exactly right <laughs> i create the things you wished existed like did you know that the meaning is more important than the execution like these types of things um so i find that I find this whole thing just your story is just so interesting too like Aww. especially like all the things that you've overcome you said you're dyslexic you said you have anxiety mm. like all these things um and i totally relate to that on top of ugh, i love you i'm just like Aww. a I'm fangirling over you right now oh my um, god <laughs> oh my god you're like kind of a big deal in my brain right now um <laughs> you're so sweet <laughs> so like okay so i have this question in here that's like well how did you get your book published without a book deal and essentially it was you met a guy or I guess you met a girl and then you got to lunch, you went, you got talking. And I yeah. think that's something that we don't think about. Like when people are pitching their book proposals, they think to pitch it to like bigger mm. companies. Yeah. Now I have this story where I got published by Penguin Random House and they found me, they headhunted me and I got totally fucked. Um, and I didn't know any better. I didn't get paid that much for the book. I had to create over 300 illustrations in less than three months. Um, and I created a book called The Big Awesome Book of Hand and Chalk Lettering. It includes 15 alphabets, both uppercase and lowercase. It includes 15 projects that have been photographed step by step, showing you how to create different things. Now, before you guys are like, I want to buy it, please don't buy this book. <laughs> I do not get royalties off this book. Do not buy it. <laughs> like, I, it does not help me at all. Um, and because I didn't know any better and because it was such a big publisher, I got nothing out of it. And it was one of the top selling books for its category. Mm. so for like That's... the craft and hobbies it was like it was like top 10 so it was like i got paid like pennies compared to how much the publisher made Fuck. to the point where like it did it, it did so well that they wanted to make another version in german and so they approached me to like create the cover of that book and to you know redo some projects that are in german and they only wanted to and they wanted me to do over 10 projects for 300 dollars. yeah i'm gonna repeat so that fucked, yeah so the sorry. cover of the book the back cover of the book in like <laughs> in several like inserts and like full on phrases for $300. And they were very rude to me. And so some other girl went ahead and illustrated it. That so this girl redid my book cover with my name on it. Fuck. Another artist. And like no offense to this girl, it's not very I don't think it's very good. But mm, I'm assuming she only, she only got paid <laughs> what like $50 for this book cover. So like you get what you pay for, you know what I mean? So it's just like, I got so fucked working with such a big publisher and I'm like completely like, fuck you to big publishers. 
And I think it's hard to, you know, you know, when you're first starting out as an illustrator to negotiate rates, like you don't know what's industry standard. I should have Googled more. I should have hired a lawyer. There's a lot of things I could have done. I could have just said no. I probably should have just said no to the project. Um, and that's how I actually started my lettering adventure series, which was a monthly zine that I created for every month for two years where it would teach you a different style of hand lettering with a tutorial. So kind of like what that book was, but simplified and way better because I had like actual time mm. <laughs> to make it. Like I'm so embarrassed by this book because I had like just got an iPad and just was like rushing the fuck like out of all these phrases. Um, and I feel like it's so important. Like if you're a small business owner, like why not like get published by another small business owner? Yeah, that's the thing. I met them seeing like so excited and I was so excited about how they were you know the the whole story behind why they were publishing this book and um and honestly like there were so many levels to it so many people told me to go to a big publisher I um very I'm much better now but then I really struggled standing up for myself especially in a room especially around men and so I knew if I was sat in a boardroom meeting with men or even just people who made me feel intimidated because they're in a different industry to me I knew I knew 100% I was never ever going to be able to be like no I believe in this specific thing it has to be this way or like stand up for myself and so that's why I did a zine that's why I approached it like I'm just going to do it myself and so when I met these publishers and um the two girls Becca and Kez and they, you know, I have anxiety disorder, so I definitely pick up on energies and like if someone makes me feel like intimidated or is too loud, like I pick up on that very quickly. <laughs> and so these two girls just immediately made me feel so warm. And and I think that it was it was just I trusted them. And, you know, we were both in it together, like both feminists, both doing the work separately you know, to try and change things and are passionate about being inclusive to all genders and all people of different body types and different colours. And um, yeah, I think that like, it's, it's so, it's, it was scary because it's like, well, you should go to a big publisher because that's how things are done. I think you get very much told that way and like they'll give you tons of money and all this stuff but <laughs> I've been finding out more and more that actually in most big companies whether that's from paying you really late or treating you like garbage because the next mm -hmm. person is gonna be all like starry-eyed because they have a name to mm -hmm. them that, that's recognizable um, and I do think that there are companies who um, do have their heart in the right place but uh, unfortunately in publishing I do hear so many horror stories of of writers of authors that just get that completely taken advantage of because they have a big name and um, actually I think now more than ever with Instagram with social media the people really do have the power just by like other projects that are maybe like crowdfunded or something I do think that if especially me I was very lucky that I had an audience already and I was already doing this kind of work people already knew me for doing period work um I was meeting other activists I think that that 
was really powerful and I knew that the project was going to be exactly how I wanted it to be because not only did they give me complete creative control um, through every decision but I also really valued them because we were both in it together like we were both feminists we're both activists we're both like fighting for the same thing whereas I knew if I went to a bigger publisher I would feel like I don't know I'm talking to the man you know like I'm talking to the exact <laughs> person that the book is not for um and I knew in that situation I wouldn't be able to find the courage to stand up for myself I would be like oh well um okay you know and I I could see that so clear in my head that I was like no I'm just gonna make it a zine um and then so when I met these publishers it was just like all the styles aligned um and it's definitely difficult to find people that you can collaborate with well because I think it's way more complicated than just like getting on with someone and finding a friendship or being a good person like you have to have that trust and that personality that you do just click with but I just hit the jackpot with them and um yeah it was it was we're like best friends now and I think that really showed through the making of the book like when I was feeling really down about it honestly like the whole process was so emotional for me and they really believed in me and they were the ones that were like you know said that I don't know I just knew it was good because when I shared the images with them they would either like laugh or be like I love this bit and it was just I like little baby for ages and it was just <laughs> so much fun to work on it but also very emotional I had um a long-term relationship and uh like just before my last deadline um <laughs> yay yay yeah. Yeah, I love drama when something's due <laughs> right <laughs> and um so it became just like they became almost like these little soldiers that helped me through this breakup and this book became like my like I poured my heart and soul into it and we all did and um yeah it was it's a very emotional experience making the book but loads of uh highs with working with them they were incredible and even yeah. the companies that sponsored the book they were like yeah cool that sounds great we trust you it was like because <laughs> they're also like in it for the right reasons their whole companies are are for um you know doing good in some way or another so yeah i think it's i would it's kind of scary to be like i'm just gonna do it i'm just gonna do it myself and uh that's that's how it's gonna be done but with instagram now you can make so many connections and i'm a big advocate for like sideways mentorship so maybe you'll be the same similar age but you can also help each other so much like the girls are incredible with um knowledge about design and um editing like my my publishers um and um Gabby from Bloody Good Period, who founded that charity, she also took me for many coffees where she gave me the confidence and told me how to do public speaking. And um, I think we have this idea in the illustration world that you need to find like a mentor who's like 50 years old and like is an incredible <laughs> artist. But really, a lot of the stuff that I know now, really valuable stuff is from people who are doing 
are in the same age as me ish um who are doing completely different things yeah it's all about like yeah community makes a huge difference yeah i'm glad that you were able to connect with a publisher on such a personal level so that way you could feel comfortable yeah i didn't really get that experience i'm sorry (laughs) yeah it's okay like i i think my story is important to share that's why i talk about it um and like it was just, it was so disheartening and it, and it really like enraged me, especially when, especially when the publisher sent me a copy of the Germany, the German oh comic. My I'm like, oh God, like, oh, like I just, I didn't want it. I don't want <laughs> it. Um, and I just felt rushed and I felt like not good enough. My, I had no confidence making this book and I think oh. it, it shows and it's like on the bestseller list and I still get pinged on like little Google pings like, oh, someone else talked about your book. And I'm like, <sighs> like, I just read an article. It's like one of the top five books about uh, like hand lettering. And there were quite a few now. Um, and it was number one on the list. And I was just like, God damn it. <laughs> like, like, I don't see any like I could have made easily like based on sales, like over a quarter of a million dollars. Fuck. You know what I mean? That's why and I did not get that amount. <laughs> like, so yeah. it's just, yeah. It's so good for uh, you to talk about it, I think. Like, yeah, for sure. It's, yeah. yeah, it was very disheartening. But it's like, there are publishers out there that will treat you right. There are publishers out there that will give you a better, you know, compensation rate. I just got approached uh, a couple weeks ago by a, a place called Mango Publishing. Ooh. And, I, and I've had yet to reply to them. They just sent me the contract this week. Wonderful. Um, that's great. And they offer 30% royalty, which well, is incredibly great. high. Yeah, that's usually... So- yeah. <laughs> what was your royalty rate for your for your book? I'm curious. So my book is nine ninety nine, and I got is it I got one pound from every book, and then we give one pound to Bloody Good Period. So that also covers. So like ten percent. Yes. Kind of like a little less than ten percent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's industry standard. Yeah. Yeah, but um, also that's... I think it, people have gotten less. Like most of, I mean, I don't know whether in the UK it's different, but. I know people that have had publishing deals and they've gotten like less than that. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah books. I think... You're lucky to get ten percent, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I th- I, if, here, let's Google it. <laughs> what <laughs> is the average royalty rate for pub for books? Book writers, authors. That's what they're called. <laughs> Book writers. Jesus Christ. I actually googled <laughs> what's the difference between a writer and an author. <laughs> so many times. All right. Are you guys ready? All right. So typically an author can expect to receive the following royalties. Hardback edition, 10% of the retail price on the first 5,000 copies. 12.5% for the next 5,000 copies sold. Then 15% for all further copies sold. Paperback is 8% of retail price for the first Mm. 150,000 copies sold. Then 10% thereafter is the immediate response from Google. So... That's pretty crazy. That's a pretty... And I just got, like, a notification that I have a meeting in 10 minutes. Oh, shit. So we have to wrap up this interview. I'm so sad. That's okay. <laughs> a That's thousand no more questions. <laughs> um, damn it, Kelly Dillon. Just kidding. Thank you for your money. <laughs> and Because uh, I do... So those of you guys who are interested, I do offer one-on-one coaching sessions um, to help you figure out your social media strategy, your website, how to get clients, how to get a book deal, like all the things. Um, so if you guys are interested in that, definitely send me a DM over at Letter Shop, my personal account, or Women of Illustration. It doesn't matter. I run both. <laughs> um, okay. So I think out of all the questions I had left for you, I'm really interested in the marketing. So like, 
So I know about the advertisers that, that, that sponsored it. That's really cool. The charity. But how did it get marketed? Like, marketed? Like, was it, like, were you a part of that plan? Did you have to do a book tour? Was it just, like, internet stuff? Like, what, what was involved? I'd love to do a book tour. I haven't done one. Um, haven't got, like, a budget for one, but I'd love to do one. Just throwing it out there. Um, I just promoted it, like, rinsed it on my socials and just, like, went through with, like, how I was making it. And people were arriving, like, I saw you, like, doing this page. And, like, um, so I think that was a big part of it. And also just, I guess, with the protests that happened, people mm. were wanting to help. And so we had Waterstones, um, in, which is like one of the biggest, well, I think it's the biggest um, bookshop here in the, like chain in here in the UK, like actually let us host the um, like book launch at like one of their flagship stores, which is unbelievable. And they just saw me posting about it on socials and they were like, do you want to do the book launch here in Tottenham Court Road and City? So mm -hmm. that was, a, I don't know, I feel like people just heard about it. I did a couple of sponsored posts on Instagram, but like nothing major, like maybe five pounds or something. Um, and mm. then like just tried to connect with people. We did send like 10 magazines, like, uh, like almost like a zine version with, a booklet version of the first chapter to Ooh, cool. um like the guardian and like refinery 29 and just like a couple of t like just 10 of our people who, like marketing people who we thought would be into it um <sighs> and uh yeah what else did we do we um yeah i don't know i just got i can't believe that like, it was on women's hour like bbc women's hour was incredible because they just reached out to us and like that just kept happening like people just kept wanting to interview me and um when like when it was released i think people were just i guess because it was a topic of conversation in the media anyway it really mm. did that's why we wanted to bring it out that year it really was like we should bring it out now while people are talking about it and i do think that that dramatically helped uh, because it was, I guess, trendy, which is not what I want to talk about. Well, it wasn't that it was trendy. It was that it was not talked about anywhere. Yeah. Like, you couldn't find any books on it, especially something that was, like, beautifully illustrated, like, how you draw. So it's, like, something that's never existed before. So, of course, people were, like, excited about it. And, you know, news outlets are looking for news. Yeah. Like, it's not always about, like, oh, this is what the president tweeted. Well, you're not in the United States, so you don't. But you <laughs> no, have we do get problems. that. We do get you that as well. You have your own problems. <laughs> Your problems just aren't orange. That's just the difference. <laughs> um, so what do you think is like the most important piece of advice for artists that want to make a book of their own? For me, I read somewhere that um, really have a very, very clear, just one person that you're writing to. So for me, it was my younger self. It was my 10 year old, 11 year old self that had just gotten her period and who was fucking terrified and had no idea what was going on with her body and I really just laser focused and I saw her so clear in my mind and I just wrote to her and I made everything was so for her and I didn't like sugarcoat anything I wasn't afraid of talking about anything and if I was I had to like just just every time I saw her in my eye in my eyes I should like shut my eyes and I saw her and I just wrote for her and then all the other stuff like the idea of it being a flop, the idea of maybe 
letting my parents down because my parents are um you know very conservative um and all this other like bs that was like clogging i guess all the fears the anxieties um really just like had to push that to one side with all of my energy and just focus on that one person and that's why i was so scared when it came out because I realised at my book launch, like, wow, other people are going to read this. <laughs> I've just been writing to my younger self. And honestly, when you try and write for, like, if you're trying to make something to make every, everyone happy and trying to speak to everyone, you you just end up losing the story completely. And you're almost, like, trying to be what everyone wants you to be. And honestly, honestly, honesty is the best way. Like, you have to just get to the heart of it. And... I think because I was so laser focused on that person, I knew exactly what she was feeling and her fears and insecurities that I could write something really moving and important. And so when people do read it, they feel like you're speaking. I don't know, so many people have messaged me like, I feel like you've just written this for me. Mm -hmm. um, I love that when that happens. It's like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I so needed this right now. Yeah, like, I think the same thing with art, with books. Like, if it's relatable to you, yeah, it's going to be relatable to other people. All right, well, we have to wrap up. So before we leave, do you have anything exciting com coming up that we can help promote? Ooh. Um. Ooh. I wish I could. Do you could. have a book? What are you oh, doing? Oh, I'm you working on product? so many things. I'm not sure if I can talk about. Okay, all right. Okay. Well, can you talk about anything? Uh, oh, anything? I don't know. It's like, I'm so <laughs> awesome, but I can't tell you about how awesome I am. I may have like a global campaign coming out with a global brand, but what? I don't know if I can talk about it. <laughs> uh, don't talk about it. Yeah, if you. But yeah, don't. there's a little like sneak. <laughs> it's word I've made about. it. I've made you like interested and excited. It's like she's a big deal. She's a big deal, guys. Global brand. That's all you have to know. <laughs> but it's like, this I just is for Tampax. Like <laughs> no one. <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh my god she guessed it <laughs> no no it's not there um it's super cool it's, it will be out next year so keep your eyes out for that um Very but thanks cool. so much for having me i think what you're doing is incredible i've been following the page and it's really helped me through so many down times and um wow. yeah i i think Stop what you're it. doing is incredible <laughs> and i'm such a fan of the podcast so i can't believe i'm on it to be honest like yeah, you're you're so sweet when I first she's like, oh. and uh, hey, got, hey, so we've posted Natalie's work a couple times on the grid. Did you? Did anything cool happen when you got featured on Instagram? Yeah, I got like a, I got some work from it. Definitely, I got a couple. Yeah, you did. A couple, couple emails. <laughs> so thanks so much. Uh -uh. Yeah. See, I just went. <laughs> she told me that, and when we first talked, I'm like, I'm gonna need you to mention that on the podcast, please, because <laughs> that's the whole point. That's the whole point of why we feature female artists on Instagram, and I get constant inquiries from like employers like hey how do I hire these girls yeah uh what's the best way because they expect I'm going to take a cut of their earnings I was right. like nope just go ahead and reach out to them directly I'm sure they'd love to hear from you Aww. um so it really makes me happy to hear that you know when, when we post people's art it actually gets them paid and it's not just for us to get followers on Instagram like that's the whole point Aww. like I'm more blown away than, than anybody that anyone even likes this podcast, that anyone even follows us on Women of Illustration, it's still, like, it's less than two years old. Aww. And we're going to be hitting 100K in probably, like, the next two weeks. And it's just That's like, oh, my Amazing. God. Like, ah. Um, so to wrap up, because I have a meeting in two minutes. Hey, guys. 
Love you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please follow Natalie and all the things. Um, her Instagram handle is Natalie Burn. Burn spelled with B-Y-R-N-E. There'll be plenty of links in the show notes below. If you guys like this podcast, please give us a five-star review because we don't have many reviews and we need more. <laughs> so please do that. We're officially on Spotify. We uh, just figured out that we're popular enough to be on Spotify now, so that's pretty cool. So you can listen to us on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And, of course, you can just listen natively on our website at womenofillustration.com. If you guys are interested to be featured on the Women of Illustration Instagram, um, you can do that in two ways. Just simply use the hashtag Women of Illustration. Or if you're, like, tired of waiting for us to feature you because our hashtag has been used more than 120,000 times, you can go ahead and support us. So $10 will get you a story shout out and $50 will get you an in-grid feature of anything that you want. It can be a product that you're selling. It can be the latest piece, whatever you think. You can pick it. I can pick it. We all can pick it uh, just to make sure that it'll do really well. And just so you guys know, on average, uh, typical people who get featured experience anywhere from 50 to 300 new followers. And actually, stories get you a lot more than grid, I've noticed, because people tap your username more often than they click your username in 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 a... you know, grid feature. I found that out. Ooh. So it's like, we charge way less money for that, but it actually works better. So just a heads up, only $10. Um, and it really does go a long way because we are trying to make Women of Illustration bigger and better so we can hire more people. Because I need some help and this is a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for listening and thank you, Natalie, for being here and inspiring us with your amazing story. I love you. We're going to be best friends Yay. forever. I love you too. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me and this is awesome what you're doing. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.